Well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Happy Father's Day. It's so good to be with you. You know, one of the things that, um, you know, we've been walking through, there's a lot of things we've walked through in the last few months. How many of you know that? And uh, we've had COVID where they said that, you know, from um, you have a problem breathing to, to George Floyd saying, I can't breathe. And then we look at our nation and all the upheaval that's taking place in our nation and uh, our routines have changed. And it's almost to a place where we feel like I can't breathe anymore. And, you know, it's like churches are out of routine. Parents are out of routine. Families have to come together and fathers have to be fathers like they haven't been before. God's creating something new. And I think God's awakening the church. He's awakening the people of the church. And I believe that for us, the only way that's going to happen, you know, you, you're almost forced to go out of the four walls of your life, of the church. And God wants to breathe on us. Amen? Amen. I believe God wants to breathe on us if we take the breath of God instead of breathing the darkness that's out there that we breathe the breath of God, it gives us, it goes in the right direction where God wants us to go. Amen? And so God knows where Jennings, Louisiana is. He knows where Crowley and Eunice are. He knows this region. He knows this area. And I think he loves this, this area. He loves the people of this area. And so uh, it's just the father of the house. I just want to say happy Father's Day. And uh, as a father of six and a grandfather of nine, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, this year I turned a big 6-0, and uh, it was kind of nice the other day. I was going, I was waiting for my wife to get sh uh, shoulder, uh, shoulder surgery, and uh, I was going to Costco waiting, and they go, oh, excuse me, sir, you have to be 60 and above. And I go, I can pull out my wallet, show you I'm 60, honey, you know, and she goes, she goes, go ahead, go ahead. You know, she might have thought I was lying. But anyway, I used to try to do that in bars before. So, I mean, it's just not 60, but when I was 18, I was legal. But I didn't look legal. I looked like I was 12, you know what I mean? And so this morning, it's so good to be with you. I know that um, if, you, if you can, you can download your OSC Connect app and uh, for notes and discussion. And uh, also, you know, in this series, we're going to unpack some things about the Bible in the next few weeks. And we're going to talk about uh, what the Holy, the Holy Spirit and how uh, you can live a Spirit-filled life, a Spirit-led life, a Spirit-equipped a spirit life, and a an, Spirit-empowered life. And so if you, don't, if you didn't get a chance to hear Pastor Josh last week, he did a phenomenal job just laying out the foundation of where we're we're going. He, he talked about who's the Holy Spirit. And I just encourage you to go back to Facebook or go to our website and you can watch it there. But uh, today we're going to answer the question, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? And I'm going to talk about that this morning. What is his role for our lives? You know, let me just clear uh, some, some common misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. The first misconception I want to talk to you about, the Holy, a lot of times, the Holy Spirit makes me more mature. L let me just say, maturity comes from having the Holy Spirit. It it's not coming, having the Holy Spirit, it comes from obeying the Holy Spirit. You see, living out faith is what makes me and you mature. That's what makes us mature. The second thing is we can think of the Holy Spirit makes us better than you, Christian. Now, let me just say, the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. <laughs> Amen? And the third misconception many times we, when we think of the Holy Spirit, it's solely about spiritual gifts 
and natural and supernatural manifestations. We're going to look more at that in the next couple of weeks, but today I'm just going to unpack what his role is. And so now let's look at what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. If you go with me to John chapter 16, verse 7, and it says, but in fact, it is what is it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If you do, if I do go away, then I will send him to you. How did you know? How could Jesus say leaving was the best for his disciples? Because what they'd have to do is, if they were looking for Jesus and needed a miracle, they'd have to go find Jesus and go, you know, just like Jairus, he was a priest and he said, my daughter's dying. Will you come and Jesus pray for him? Mary and Martha and, you know, they said, Lord, if you wouldn't have, if you would have been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. But see, I just, this is what he was saying. But when the Holy Spirit came, he has ever present with us. That's what he's saying. I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send the comforter and he's going to be with you. You see, John 14, 16 says it's like this, and I'm going to kind of bring this all together. He says, I will ask the father and he will give you an advocate who will never leave you. The word advocate in the, is the Greek word for uh, parakletos, which means paraclete, which means called to one side. In other words, he's a comforter, he's an encourager, he's a helper, he's a counselor, he's called to one side. You know, sometimes we have people that are on the side of us. I mean, when I was a kid, it was Batman and Robin. He was on the side of him. You know, and Robin always had a ridiculous looking outfit. That's what I thought. Poor guy that had to be Robin. You know what I mean? But he was, he was there. He was next to him. He was his sidekick. And sometimes we need sidekicks. Holy Spirit is not a sidekick. When God comes, he comes to take over. Amen? And he, he, he's not picking sides. He's, taking, he's just going to take over if you allow him to do that. And see, what happens is, so there's four roles of the Holy Spirit. The first role of the Holy Spirit is he comforts. Say it when you say comforts. Come on, y'all do better than that. Say comforts. I hadn't preached here in a while. So uh, listen, for me to come here and preach today, I just I want you to be aware of this. I've spent nine and a half years walking through two forms of cancer, 75 rounds of 75 plus rounds of chemotherapy. I've had four and a half years of oral chemotherapy, uh, 21 days, seven days off, 15 rounds of radiation, eight different surgeries. I could just go down the list. I tell people, don't, when, we, when I go duck hunting or goose hunting in the morning, we, say, we don't need no flashlights, just flick me on, I glow. <laughs> we'll find the place, you know what I mean? And so... For me to stand here is God's miracle and walking with the Spirit. And what I want to do, I'm going to talk to you about the different roles of the Spirit, but even how God can walk, walk through with, with me. I just want to say this. Cancer was the greatest blessing God's ever given me in my life. What do you mean, Pastor Bob? Because you know what? I've seen things about myself. I've learned things about God, and I've seen others the way I couldn't see them before. And I'm just telling you, sometimes when God puts a thorn in your flesh... You can either give it to the devil and feel sorry for yourself and boo-day all you want, Shai, and just blame the devil for your messed up problems, or you can turn to God and say, God, I want you to walk with me. I want to walk with you. And God will show you amazing things and give you strength. And one day we look, we look at things while we go through things. I think one day when we get to heaven, God will reveal why you walked through what you did. Even when you prayed it all. God, take it. How I many you know what I'm Take this. Take that, that, that man you gave me. Take him out. No, don't, I'm not there. But anyway, 
Let's go to, see, the Holy Spirit comforts. 2 Corinthians, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of what? All comfort. All in the Greek means all. It means everything. All comfort. He comforts us, and listen, I like this, in all our troubles. Not just a few of our troubles, not just circumstances and situations we find ourselves in. In all of our troubles. And, and, and um, who was it? I think it was Bob Dylan wrote, wrote a song called Trouble. Trouble. I mean, I'm not going to get into all that. But, and it was just trouble all around. And he said, and so that we can comfort others. When they, when, when they are troubled. Uh, when they are troubled, we are able to give them the same comfort God has given us. See, if you, go, if you are going through a difficult time in your life right now, let me just say this. There's some good news for you. In other words, the com- comforter is here who will heal your hurts, he'll still your storms, and he'll supply your needs. Not your wants, but your needs. Holy Spirit is a good friend. He listens to you. He cries with you. He supports you. The Holy Spirit comforts us and we can turn around and comfort others because he's comforted us. When I was in the hospital two years ago, almost now, I, right before I went into ICU, uh, I had um, a respiratory therapist. I'd gone to the bathroom and I couldn't breathe. I actually had to go in the, after that moment, I had to go into ICU for six days. They didn't think I was going to make it, but I'm here, okay? And even when I was getting out, they didn't know what to do with me because they weren't expecting me to live. That was a crazy thing. But you're fixing to get the Holy Ghost free songs in a minute when I tell you this story. It's true. No matter if you don't believe it or not. I literally, the respiratory therapy, I'd gone to the bathroom. I was getting on my hospital bed, just sitting down, and I'm looking, I can't, I go, I can't breathe. I couldn't even talk. I can't can't breathe. She put the mask on me. And when she put the mask on me, she said, God, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would bring breath upon this man of God. She just started speaking in tongues and praying for me. And like it gave me breath. But it got my attention too. How many of you know God's with you when you need comfort, when you need help? And I told my wife the lady's name. She was an African-American lady, kind of older, not too old, because she was doing her job, you know. And I told my wife, I said, man, go back and thank her. And then, like, like after I'd gotten to the hospital, like, we were about to get out, my wife goes, hey, where's so-and-so, the respiratory therapist? And gave the name. She goes, there's no girl by that name that works on that floor during that time. Come on. I don't need to read the book, The Shack. I don't need to read all the things. God can come himself and through different farms and different people. Come on. And just, I mean, you go, oh, that, it happened. I don't know what to tell you. Came. And it, God came alongside of me. He sent someone I don't know if it's an angel or what. My, my friend, Willem from South Africa, oh, I told him that book. He goes, oh, shut up. He goes, you need to write a book. <laughs> the second thing, the Holy Spirit encourages. Encourage means pouring courage inside of you. How many of you know we need courage poured into us sometimes? 
Sometimes we walk through times that can bring discouragement. That means courage being pulled out of you. See, fear is a reaction. Fear, you know, but, you know, for all of us, you know, I just know this is that, you know, for us is fear is a reaction, but courage is a decision. Hello, I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk through this. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to do it, but I'm going. Are you hearing me? I mean, so First Corinthians says, like, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. See, encourages us personally and through spiritual family using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You see, personally in corporate edification, uh, exhortation, comfort has a powerful impact on all of us. It just does. See, when I pray in tongues, that's I'm encouraging myself. When I prophesy or you hear someone give a prophecy, it's encourage everybody. Are you hearing me? We've had things prophesied over this church over the years, and, and it's like Pastor Josh and I have talked to a, a pastor that's one of the overseers of our church that walks in the prophetic gift, and he's told us things that God was going to do in this church. And, and so when it happens, we go, God told us. Mm-hmm. God used Pastor Jim to tell us that was going to happen. Hello. And see, I just believe this. We're, we're going to talk about more about these kind of things uh, the next couple of weeks as we unpack what we're going to talk about. But today I'm going to stick to my, to my guns where I'm going because I'm on a travel channel. And I got to get somewhere. Okay. We're going to a destination, to a finish line. And see, I know that one of the things that uh, was really blessed me is that when I, when I go and see, receive chemotherapy, it was kind of neat because we had someone from the Opelousas campus, the Lafayette campus, the Broussard campus, you know, uh, Crowley campus. And, and when I went to hear this hospital, I had, I had people from this campus and they were like, you better take care of my pastor. We ain't gonna, you know, I mean, just all this. But I've seen, it's just like the family of God just comes around. Are you hearing me? And when I went to go get my port cleaned out a couple of weeks ago, well, all the nurses go, where have you been? We miss you. I'm thinking, I don't miss you. <laughs> I don't miss you. They said, you just bring so much encouragement. You pray for people. You don't, I mean, you know, it's like, I, like they'll have a nun that comes by sometimes and, her, and she's really sweet and everything. And, and they go, would you like the Eucharist? I said, give me your hand. And I'll just grab their hand and she, I'll just pray for her. Father, thank you so much for this precious lady. She's given her time and her effort. God, presenting your body and your blood that they can find encouragement. I pray you would encourage her and bless her today. So when she walks by me, she goes, I I know you. <laughs> She's from the Philippines. Goes, I know you. The priests know me. The people there know me. You know, and the nurses say, we miss you because you just bring light. You see, the third point is this, and I want to go there. The Holy Spirit counsels. That means counsels. Counsel means he helps. That's the count. How many of you need help sometime? Come on. How many of you needed help this week for something? It could be something that broke or something happened. You say, how many of you, you know, God's just saying this. You know what he's saying? Sometimes you need to cry out, help. That can be the most spiritual prayer you can pray. Help. Because you're asking for something. The Bible says you have not because what? You didn't ask. 
Some of my children go, well, Dad, I thought, well, you think I have osmosis? You think I'm reading your mind? Sometimes you got to ask. Are you hearing me? you got to ask. You see, in this Psalm 30, 32, David, he says in verse 8, he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. When you break down this, this chapter and this verse, David was talking about this. He said, sometimes people are like a mule. They're called stubborn. Come on. How many of we got a few people that walk in a little bit of stubbornness? Okay, all right, listen to me. David said, quit being like a jack butt. And listen, because he, he says this, because my eyes are on you. How many of your children, you've told them something to do and they do the exact opposite? You go, that little. But I remember my third son, I'll just use him as an example. I corrected all my children and say I have six of them, five boys and one girl. The girl's the youngest. And have nine grandchildren. So anyway. I remember talking to him one day about him doing something. I used to tell, this was my favorite saying to him. I said, son, you are like a hard head catfish that you try to get off the hook and you beat it on the side of the boat and it just won't come off. You're that stubborn. What part of no don't you understand? How many of you have had those discussions? God has those discussions with us too sometimes. He goes, I'm trying to get to you, but you are like a mule at the gate. Okay, y'all got the picture? John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all what? Truth. truth. He may not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. In other words, there's a conversation in heaven, and the Holy Spirit heard it, and he wants to tell you what he heard. Come on, not good. He will tell you, I like this, about your future. Because guess what? The devil keeps telling you about your past. And because of your past, you don't have a future. Where God, when you listen to the Holy Spirit and quit being like a jack booty, he will come and he will speak to you truth about your future. You see, spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is the ultimate answer to overcoming and undoing the work of the great deceiver. The father of lies, Satan. The Holy Spirit makes it possible to live a life of freedom of deception. That doesn't mean freedom of the temptation. That doesn't mean freedom of trials. That doesn't mean freedom of, of torments. Because all of us have issues in our lives that we have to deal with. And God will allow those situations, circumstances, like I said earlier, either you can give in to what the enemy's trying to do or you can begin to learn to listen to God. And this is what God's trying to show me. This is what God wants me to do. Then I don't have to live by these lies or all these other things. I can listen to the truth of the word of God. See, the simplest way the Holy Spirit guides us is through his word, this right here. It's called the Bible with pages. We have a lot of people that do electronic. That's fine. But you know what? I like the Bible because I, I can read the Bible and it just, and you can mark it up on pages. But see, look at me. It's not about how much you mark your Bible. It's a, mother, a matter of has God marked your life? And I believe that for many of us, the Holy Spirit and God's word will never contradict each other. Did you hear that? 
Listen to me. Did you, it won't contradict. You see, John says it like this. Let's just go a little further in this. He said, but the helper, it's the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. See, the enemy likes to remind you, like I said earlier, about your failures and your past. The Holy Spirit reminds you of Jesus and his word, your future, and God's perspective. See, here it is. Let me tell you something. Sometimes when I go to read the word, I read the word of God every day. Every, it's, just a, it's a practice in my life. Doesn't make me more spiritual. It's just that I have a habit. I'm like an old grizzly bear. I got a trail in my house. Okay? And it goes right to a chair and I have a lamp on the side of it and I have my Bible and whatever book and I have a devotional, Duck Commander, of course, my devotional. I love my Duck Commander devotional. Anyway, and, and, and I read my Bible and I just ask God to speak to me. When I finish reading my Bible, you know what? I, here's my habit. I kiss it. Doesn't make me any more spiritual. But I just go, God, it's my way. I say, God, I love your word. Well, pastor, I read it and it doesn't even speak to me. Spend more time. Ask God to speak to you. And he will. It's hard to intercept someone else's love letter and you don't know the other person on the other end. But my wife and I, before we had Facebook, before we had all the electronic things, we would travel both in, this, in the same ministry, but we'd have different ministry assignments. We'd have to be different places. And we were dating, we wrote letters. And if you got my letter from Tracy, it meant a lot. My heartbeat, I would skip beats, you know. <laughs> but see, if you read that letter, you go, that's stupid. I can't believe she's, he said that to her. No, that's corny. And then we had names for each other, and I'm not telling you what they were. Because <laughs> there was an intimacy. Hello? There was an intimacy. And when you, begin to, when you begin to speak to God, and God begins to speak to you through his word, well, I need a word from God. There's lots of words in here. I hadn't been getting a word. That means you probably hadn't been reading the Bible, hadn't been praying. And so sometimes I read the word, and I always keep a picture of my wife in my Bible. To remind me of the gift that he's given me. You see, the Holy Spirit reminds us of his, through his word. He reminds you of your future and God's perspective. Have you ever been talking to someone sometimes or you're witnessing someone or sharing with someone and God brings back the remembrance of the word of God or a situation or something you're supposed to say to them? Hello, are you here with me? And, and, and that's happened to me. That's the way... Anybody that knows me, I'll just say, you can bring me to McDonald's. I, by the time I'm done with McDonald's, I've met two or three friends that I didn't know before I left. And I'll, I'll talk to them about the Lord. That's just who I am. And I'm not, I'm not any more spiritual than you. I just know that's one of the things God wants me to do. I remember Pastor Josh called me one day. We were talking on the phone. And he has, I think, Pastor, someone in the truck with him were trying to talk about something, I forget. And I was at the doctor, and, and he was, I was talking to these nurses, cutting up and all this prayer. And he goes, and he's talking to the other person, don't worry, that's just Pastor Bubba. That's his ministry over there at the hospital. Can I just tell you something? I've learned this. Wherever God puts you, that's your ministry. 
If, if God, listen to me. You go, well, Pastor Bubba, you don't work with the devil that I work at my job. No, God may have sent the devil at your job just for you to get the Jesus in you out of you. So you can tell the devil what God can do in them. Thanks for all those amens. You see, how should we respond to the counselor? Here's what, you got to be honest with the counselor. Hey, I'm going through this. I'm facing this. Prayer is talking to God. God, I'm having a hard time with this. I don't like what I see. I don't like what's going on. I don't like what's going on in our world right now. How can I be a solution? I don't want to be part of the problem. Can I be a solution in my area, in my sphere of influence? Can I, can we do something? Can we make a difference? We can learn to listen to God, the counselor's voice. Olivia, my daughter, she gave me a Father's Day card, and it's a Snoopy Father's Day, and she goes all this. She has on this, thank you, Dad, for telling me all the things that I need to do and all that stuff. And, and, and then she has, and you open the card, and it has an ear pops up. And she goes, even though I wasn't listening, I was still trying to watch. <laughs> and for some of us, it's learning to listen. I have a hearing aid because I couldn't hear. My wife threatened me we were going to get marriage counseling or she was going to kill me because we don't believe in divorce. <laughs> you know, murder probably crossed her mind because I would get words mixed up and think I couldn't hear. Too much hunting, too much shooting my gun and all that. And then, I, then she goes, I think you have selective hearing because somehow and my sons and my, they go, how can you hear geese that are so far away but you can't hear your wife in the next room? I go, I just have an ear for it. Well, since she was like, you need to hear from me. And I remember when I got my hearing aids, I went, snap. I mean, I went to the bathroom one day and I tore a piece of toilet paper. I hadn't heard the tear of toilet paper in 15 years. You're laughing at me, but I hadn't. I started hearing birds and sounds I forgot about. You know what? God wants to come alongside of you and teach you how to hear again. And see, I've learned this. There's a, my hearing aid, if I press a button, it's for one-on-one -on -one conversation. If I press another button, it's for the crowd. You hear me? God wants to have some one-on-one -on -one with us. He wants us to learn to listen. We must do what the counselor tells us. That means we've got to learn to obey. It's not just shaking our head like a mule. Okay, okay, I acknowledge that, but you don't do anything about it. God wants your obedience. He doesn't want your sacrifice. The last and final thing, the Holy Spirit convicts. You see, and when he comes, he, when John 16, 8 says, when he comes, he will convict the world of, what? of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. In other words, convict means this. You own it. Hello. How many of you did something? You got to own it. You know, raising multiple boys and being, they, they always like, if they get in trouble together, they go, he did it. He did it. Well, who did it? You know, I mean, some would say things to get out of things. I have a couple of my son, Andrew and Matt are still bitter at their, their, my oldest son, Zach, because he lied about something and they got their butts whipped and he, Zach was, should have got his butt whipped, but he got out of it. He was a liar. Okay. He needed to own up and he just, you own it. 
I did it. It's not a criminal prosecution, but belief or persuasion of our conscience that Jesus can help us in any situation, in any circumstance, but we got to acknowledge what it is. It's, it's my, I own it. I did that. I made that decision. I violated my conscience. My conscience was speaking to me. The Holy Spirit, that Spirit's voice speaking to me. What does the Spirit do to the blinded eye and the hardened heart? He convicts us of sin. If we're blind, if we're hardened, He still comes because He, he convicts us of righteousness. When you make right choices of judgment, the conviction of God draws us, like Pastor Josh said at the beginning of the service, not away from God, but to God. God's wooing us. Come on. How many of you ever had good news before and you're trying to woo people to come? Okay, y'all ain't having fun in life. All right. <laughs> One of my passions, I like to hunt. I like to fish, but I like to hunt more. And if it's going good, I'll call my friends. Man, I'm trying to persuade. Hey, man, y'all need to come. I'm telling you, come tomorrow. We're going to just, you just we're gonna, it's going to be good. I'm just telling you. You see, there's three areas the Holy Spirit convicts, and I'm going to bring it to a conclusion. Here it is. He convicts us of sin. We talked about it. it's lost people that sin is ruling over their lives. We, how many were lost before you knew Jesus? And you just, you didn't even, you might have felt bad, but you were like, I'm doing it anyway. If the rest of fish are swimming downstream, I'm swimming with them. Instead of, you know, the way I look at it, I'm not going to, now my perspective, I'm not floating downstream with all the dead fish. I'm going to swim against the current. You see? You see, what happens is, for us, is a own up to your sin and let God deal with you in your conscience so you can learn to make right decisions. And that's the next thing, righteousness. Righteousness is its own reward. When you make right choices, when you do the right thing, there's something inside of you. You go, man, that felt good. Come on. People that have right standing with God. I remember a lady who did a this lady was on national TV. She got delivered from all her stuff. And they go, they, it was a live program. And they go, give that lady a mic. We want her to tell her story, her testimony, what God has done. And she got out there. She just got saved. I mean, she was on fire for God. Wasn't raised in church or anything. And the guy goes, here you go, ma'am. Here's the mic. Go out there and curse the devil. She got up on the stage. She goes, the devil's a blankety blank, 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 blank. The devil get up and up, up the devil. You know what I mean? People are like, Ooh, religious people. She goes, how was that when she got like, they were like, cut the channel, cut the payball. But she did what they told her to do and all she knew how to do. That's what I call not being religious. Because I, you know what? If this was religion and I was displaying it, it wouldn't change anybody in here. But because I met Jesus, this is 40 years ago in May 15th. I met Jesus 40 years ago. I got saved when I was three. Anyway, no. Religion wouldn't change me. But when I met Jesus, and for me to tell other people about him, I'll get on my knees. I'll walk across, I'll kneel across broken glass to be able to say, 
If God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Because it's not about a religion. It's about the person of Jesus Christ. There's a difference between a person and religion. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the person of God. That he shows up in our lives. In the midst of what. See, the Holy Spirit, righteousness, it's received, it's welcomed, it's embraced. He convinces us that Jesus has paid for our sin in full. We're righteous by his grace. In other words, God comes and he's willing to embrace us. My, my love language is physical touch. That's one of my love languages. So my family growing up, as a kid, everybody kissed each other. I mean, my dad kissed me. I kissed my kids, even my sons on the lips. People go, oh, that's gross. It's just normal. It's what we do. You know? And we just, we're that way. And so I think about the embrace of God. That God embraces us. Maybe you never had your father embrace you. My father's been gone since 1991. I miss my father's embrace. My earthly father had a good daddy. Always told me he loved me. Kissed me on the lips before I leave. Remember his last words was, I'm proud of you, son. I love you. I'll see you next time you come. Two weeks later, he was dead. I miss that embrace. Some people look for the embrace of other things, and they think, I'll get love from embrace. But you walk away empty. But when you experience the embrace of God, you want it more and more. Are you with me? You see, he convinces us that Jesus, I don't have to be ashamed. I can walk before my Father in heaven. Yesterday when I came to the office and I just knew I was going to shut myself off, I was going to go black out on my phone, everything, because I had one of my sons bother me on the phone a lot yesterday. Seriously. I said, I just need to black out. And I went in. And you know what? I, the first thing I did, I got on my knees in my office and I said, God, thank you. Thank you for my health. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, God. And when I just started doing that, you know what I felt? I felt, I felt God's liquid love just come and embrace me. Just right now, some of you are sensing God's presence right now in this place. He longs to embrace you. Conviction should be viewed as not as punishment, but a blessing from a friend, a father that loves you. See, the third and final thing is judgment. It convicts us, convinces us that Satan no longer has authority over our lives. The primary way to grieve the Holy Spirit is by holding on to things. One of the worst things you can hold on to is if you get hurt and you allow it to turn into bitterness. Because bitterness means murder. What do you mean by that? It means this. When you get bitter at someone you, and they get something good happen to them, you're going, ah, it's, I just, ah, that shouldn't happen to them. That should happen to me. Or if they get excited, you don't like them enjoying anything. You want all hell to break loose in their life. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. 
or you grew up in a family and they hated someone, and when they walked in the room, they were just talking about them, and they walked, hey, Billy Roy, Chad, so good to see you. And you're a kid, you're going, you just cussed him out in front of me. What are you talking about? <laughs> Bitterness. See, what happens, you have to learn to let God dismantle those strongholds. When you're devoid of bitterness, you've got to learn to forgive. Forgiveness. One of the greatest things that happened to me, I had to go back and make restitution when I got saved. No one told me. I just knew. I had to go make things right. I had stolen things. I restored those. I had taken things, you know. I remember I stole some National Geographic uh, magazines from the 40s because I liked all the advertisements and the World War II planes and the advertisement they had in it. And I got saved and it was in a place in my attic. And I, I, and I said, I, I had to go back to the school. Get, it's not mine. I need to get back. It doesn't belong to me. And I remember going to school. They didn't know what to do with the magazines, actually. But it wasn't about them getting the magazines back. It was about me not allowing the enemy so when he reminds me of my past, I can say, well, I took care of that. God gave me the courage to go and make things right. See, if you do that, see, you, you loosen the enemy's grip. Listen to me. I want to tell you, it's not in my notes. It's not in your notes. But it's something I thought about. When sin and hell are married, sin and hell are married unless repentance, unless repentance proclaims divorce. In other words... Divorce is when you can walk in forgiveness. And I always, my stepfather, when he married my mom, I thought I was bitter at him from the time I was 10 till I got saved. I hated him because I th thought he ruined my life. And I wanted him to come and tell me he was sorry. One day I was praying and God spoke to me. He said, Bubba, you're going to wait the rest of your life. I want you to go and ask him to forgive you of your bitterness. And I remember going. I got on my knees and asked him to forgive me. He forgave me. I remember he goes, why are you, why are you smiling so big? because I'm free. It doesn't hold me anymore. And for some of you, you're waiting for that. You're wanting judgment on someone else. The only way you can change your marriage, doesn't matter where you've been, it's a vow. And in that vow, you fight as much as you can. I know some can't. I understand. But you... In order for change to happen, sometimes you got to be the one that allows change to happen with you first. The Holy, see, the Holy Spirit's main goal is to glorify God by making you more like Jesus. What's the key to being more like Jesus? Is daily walking with the Spirit, prayer. We're not changed by a program or a practice or procedure. We're changed by a person. 
person of the Holy Spirit. How do you respond to the Holy Spirit, Pastor Bubba? That's what I like about this campus. Pastor Josh teaches y'all well. Y'all ask good questions. You acknowledge and invite him in. It's important for us to acknowledge our need for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Listen to me. I want you to hear me good. You are not defined by your past. You're defined. You are prepared by your past. What do you mean by that? Whatever has happened to you, that's God just preparing you to be, to turn that thing around and be redemptive. What I mean by redemptive, to be good in God's hand, able to see things change, not only in your life, but see others change. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? You're the only one that can answer that. There's many times as, as a pastor, you just, I've, over the years, just be, Pastor Bubba, when you were preaching, you looked at me the whole time. I did. And everything you said, God was telling me. Well, say like my old Italian friend, if God can use an ass in the Bible, he can use anybody. Sometimes God can just use anybody. It's just if you're available. God wants you to be available. God will comfort you. God will encourage you. God will convict you because he loves you. Amen? And that's what the Holy Spirit does. How many of you want God? How many of you want that in your life? Come on. Okay, two people. How many want that in their lives? Okay, let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. and Let's just invite him right now into this place because he wants to come. He wants to encourage you. He wants to empower you. He wants, you to, he wants to counsel you and help you in all that you need. Father, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here this morning. I pray that, God, that you would just pour your spirit up out upon everyone here. I pray that we would just respond to all that you're speaking, all that you're doing. I pray that we not only know your voice and listen, but we would do what your very voice is telling us to do. Now, Lord, come. Lift your hands to heaven right now all over this place. Lord, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Touch people in their need. Come, Holy Spirit. Teach us. But help us not only to hear you, but help us to go out and do what you've asked us to do. I pray you'd pour out your presence upon each person here this morning. They would leave, touch, change, knowing that they are a light going into a dark place, but they're empowered by you. Breathe upon them, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said?